0: Hello and welcome to a new episode of our podcast Macro Monthly. My name is Hans Tegeman, and with me are investment strategist Maritza Cabezas and Yuri de Wilde. Together we discuss current economic topics and political developments and how they relate to sustainability. It seems like there are no quiet times in macro land. Although we are now more or less used to high inflation, energy crisis and the prospect of a recession, the world economy does not seem to be in better shape than a month ago. Today, we are looking for the country, leader or institution that can either be the savior of the economy or put us into more trouble. And of course, we will have our standard items about the data of the month and the frustration of the month. Welcome, Yuri Maritza. How are you doing today?
1: Thanks, uh, Hans. I'm doing fine, I'm doing fine. I was actually just discussing with, with another colleague something interesting that I read in the Financial Times uh, yesterday. And it's it's actually got to do with the fact that there, if, if you look at the last couple of weeks, there is really amongst experts no broad consensus on where uh, equity markets will be uh, heading towards mm-hmm. in the next few months. And one of the columns that I was reading was uh, making the case that uh, markets will actually go even more uh, lower uh, the next couple of months because we still haven't seen uh, a sharp fall in company profits so okay I think that's uh, that's uh, something interesting and and uh, yeah something to to watch
0: okay you start optimistic you <laughs> yeah. what struck you the most
2: well uh, Hans I think in the past days I've been following what uh, the Chinese have been doing with their 20th Congress mm-hmm Essentially, I was a bit surprised that in between uh, we were expecting some uh, data on GDP mm-hmm. on the 18th of October, actually, and uh, it uh, never came. And so there was a lot of speculation. What are the Chinese doing and everything? And, yeah. and actually, uh, I think it was say- basically that someone that had to sign off the, the data was in this Congress. And uh, because of lockdown and policies that are very strict, he couldn't get to sign it. So and do you think,
0: could it not also be the case that the data was just so bad that it was better to wait after Congress?
2: Well, if that was the case, it didn't show when they did reveal the data. You that can always they changed the data. Yeah, uh, so uh, I think if they wanted to change it, they could have done it any time. So the, the data was even better than expected. The third quarter was 3.9%, so higher than uh, consensus.
0: Yeah. yeah. But the Chinese economy is not doing well. That they, they, At least this week, the financial markets did not react that enthusiastic on the new leadership or the renewed leadership of uh, Xi Jinping.
2: That's absolutely right. But I think it has to do with uh, markets expected that the Chinese uh, authorities, that they do more on the economic front. Mm-hmm. And uh, China has been very disciplined in saying that security is first. And that they're not going to be involved that much, uh, at least with the economy, and uh, that was disappointing for markets.
0: Yeah, and Yuri, you you started uh, not so optimistic. But is, <laughs> is there is there one thing that is at least encouraging about the global economy?
1: Well. Um- Actually, I was not completely finished with my with my argument. Okay. So that was the the downside of the argument. Oh yeah, and, so and you then, have an
0: upside. Okay. Then you
1: interrupted me, but I also have an upside to the argument, <laughs> which is um, you have uh, on the one hand you have the concerns about profit growth, and on the other hand you have of course uh, maybe the pause in 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 interest rate uh, uh, hikes yeah. from central banks that uh, will uh, happen anytime soon, maybe, maybe. in the, in the next know. few months. That's and at least our forecast. Yes, uh, and the
0: reason can be that it's not going well with the global economy. Because, so is this really optimistic yeah, that's, then?
1: That's, that's bad news that could be interpreted as good news for a financial markets. Yeah, so, financial yeah. markets are really strange. They're strange. Yeah, yeah that's they're they're the nice okay.
0: conclusion. Frustration of the month. And to be honest, I never have a problem to find any frustration. But my frustration of this month is... About chapter three of the World Economic Outlook, in chapter three of the World Economic Outlook, which was published, I think, two or three weeks ago, the IMF made a a forecast for what will happen to the global economy if we seriously introduce climate policies. So uh, carbon prices and all the policies to meet the targets 2030, intermediate targets for Paris. The conclusion was, yes, uh, we will have less economic growth compared to the baseline. We will have a little bit higher inflation. And this more or less affirmed my idea that if you introduce, so if you internalize externalities like climate change, that it will hurt growth because yeah, someone should pay. But my frustration on this is that in their policies, they say, yes, we have to start immediately and globally, and this will never happen. And they also say, if we don't do it, the effects on the global economy are even worse. And there it ends. This is really frustrating because what they more or less say, we have a big problem. We know what the solution is. It will not be that harmful for all of us, but no one will do that.
1: But is then the issue that they say that we all should start in time at the same time right now, because maybe that's a good point to make and maybe it will not happen, but maybe it's good that someone is setting a high bar setting the standard and then if you already say well it's not realistic let's just um do it very gradually even though we know that it's not feasible
0: No, they, they say if we wait longer the problems will be higher yeah and the economic costs will also be higher so it's it's completely rational to start as soon as possible with climate policies yeah. but the other message was it will always cost something only the, the near term cost if we introduce policies at this moment are lower than waiting. But yeah, we're all myopic I think. So we just, and, and we have uh, voters as politicians and we have uh, geopolitical troubles and we have a war going on and we have an energy crisis. So, so, it, it so your, your
1: frustration is not that uh, IMF is saying we should start right now, but your frustration is that we are not doing it. That's, uh, yeah. No, uh, yeah,
2: I, I think what you want more pragmatism. You want uh, you see that there are so many moving targets and you want to do something very ambitious. and how are we going to do it? So we, the
0: how is we have to do it.. Yeah. And the, the, another example why we wha, that's also a frustration which is related. If people in the financial industry nowadays make uh, a value at risk scenario for their portfolio, so the physical risks of, of climate change. The model says, we yesterday had an example here in Triodos, so we, we ran the model and we showed that in the worst case scenario, so while the whole the world is, 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 is devastated, the loss, the value at risk for one company would only be 3% then there's completely something wrong with the models and how we see the effects of climate change affecting our economy.
2: Well, Hans, if it gives you some peace of mind, I've seen these models done in other institutions and by different consultants. And actually, when you look at the short-term effects, it's exactly what you say. They're hardly visible. But when you run it, let's say, for a long-term period, that same company... This was was the long-term.
0: This was was the long-term period.
2: yeah. (laughs) Well, <laughs> maybe it's 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 a it's a company we should all invest in then.
0: Uh, we're yes, we're invested in it as, as traders, so maybe that's good. No, I'm that's I'm, the good news. I'm not reassured by all of this. No, but I think this is reality where we have to relate to. Yeah, and the good news, even in this frustration, is that the IMF came up with this forecast, with this uh, scenario, and I think that's good that they bring it up. I think the World Bank also did something on, on uh, more on, on green investing, etc. So it's, it's becoming more mainstream. But it, my frustration is that, okay, we see the challenges and the troubles, but we don't do anything.
1: Yeah. Hopefully this is a first step.
0: Hopefully this is a first step. Yes. Let's go on with our big theme for this podcast. And we name it, Who is the Boss? and with who is the boss you can think about central banks which claim a lot of space in terms of uh hiking as a tightening monetary policies and more or less putting economies in a recession to combat inflation we see fiscal authorities at least in the eurozone and and in uh, other advanced countries stepping up their outlays to help their citizens more or less at least that's what they say and we see, of course, we touched upon this already, some people like Putin or also Xi Jinping stepping up their, well, at least uh, the way they treat the world economy, let's say it like this. And And the question we want to put forward and want to discuss is who is going to win or who is going to help the world economy in any direction? So... What do you think? Well,
2: well, can I bring in a new actor? Let's say I agree completely. We have central banks, we have governments, but how about markets? I think uh, we saw in, in the UK how actually markets took the lead and when the mini budget came out and it was not considered to be the right way forward, I think markets immediately took over and said, you know, we don't want this. And then the central bank had to somehow you know, uh, turn out the fire. But uh, I think there are three agents, governments, markets, and central banks. Can can
1: I respond to that? Because I think that is in a way that's true, but I want to make the point that at least in the near term, uh, central banks are the boss. And that's also because they also uh, are the main driver now for financial markets. So coming back to the same example of of the UK, We've seen there that, uh, well, apparently if if governments do something very stupid, they get punished by the market. So at at least in the near term, governments are not in control. Um, But central banks had to come to the rescue for uh, markets. And if we look Mm -hmm. at the the last year, how markets have uh, basically responded in the absence of something very stupid like uh, government uh, budget plans, um, we've seen that they've responded to the interest rate hikes, right? So that's basically uh, in the control of, of the of the central banks the, the market uh, direction
2: yeah I would like to agree with you uh, Yuri, but I'm afraid that in times of stress central banks are just there with their reactive policies yeah so mm-hmm. it's not that they're guiding the economy to where they really would want to but they're trying to save the day and that means that they can introduce also certain distortions let's say in some cases, by excessive monetary easing, they can uh, introduce distortions, or by uh, hiking rates too uh, slowly, they can introduce, uh, not do the right thing. So I, I, I'm just wondering if in all cases central banks have sufficient knowledge and information about what's happening no, to not. be able to be the bosses. They, yeah. they
0: don't have the, yeah, the correct and, knowledge. And
2: but. And I would hope that a legitimate boss has enough information to yeah, but, make the right decisions.
0: Yeah. But to take another perspective, I think the only ones who should be the boss are the fiscal authorities because they are more or less democratically chosen, at least in uh, in a lot of countries. Mm-hmm. And I think also for the coming years, they will definitely be very important in where economies go. If we will have sustainability transitions, because they should public spending should do the trick also to uh, so also to in terms of energy safety energy transition uh food security etc we need public bodies and I think the role that governments going to play for the coming years will be different than we' have seen over the last forty years so maybe it's not reality but my hope at least is that they will be the winners yeah I think that's
1: true but I thought you you your your question was related to the near term in the the next in the next in the next year or so and then maybe um i i tend to to disagree because then i think it will be up to up to the central banks and that's also what you see now because governments they should start that transition but what they are doing at the moment is they just try to alleviate the pain for uh, households uh, with respect to the high inflation so they are not doing what is necessary and the only ones who can allow them to do what's necessary is, is now central banks yeah. by bringing down inflation. So in, yeah, that, in uh, that respect.
2: Uh, Hans, you you made a, a, a very strong assumption because when you talk about governments, we assume democratic governments that are accountable, that are looking for sustainability purposes. But the world is full of different types of governments and And you have some authoritarian governments that are sometimes in power for too long and lose the perspective of what sustainability means and Mm -hmm. what their role is, let's say, as a part of the world. And there I have my doubts and I think with some authoritarian governments being too long there has made them lose this perspective. And I don't know what you think about that, but I think that right now, we are confronting with governments where we don't see the transparency, the accountability, and they're looking just inwards in their own countries to see what they can do for their countries. Are not you
0: talking about China?
2: I'm, I'm talking about uh, China. It has been quite intransparent, let's say, mm-hmm. but I think it's becoming uh, more intransparent and more driven to its uh, own uh, frontiers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, I'm talking about Putin, who is also unpredictable right now. Definitely. And so uh, I, I have my doubts if these bosses that don't show all their cards are yeah. now uh, also, let's say, making decisions that affect us all.
1: Maybe that's in some respect also true for for the Eurozone because you would hope that um, at least there is some unity within the Eurozone to drive the transition forward. But also now recently what you've seen is, for instance... Uh, Germany is really uh, standing out a bit they they really don't uh, want to align with uh, the others and they they are um, still having uh, close ties with China for instance right and they yep. they want to continue to closely cooperate and they are really in uh, in support of uh, further globalization so so in that respect if you want to make a really a fist as, as the Eurozone, it's also difficult. Yeah, yeah, then
0: then they have to come together to be to be the boss. Yes. But I, I was thinking um, of another probable boss, maybe Rishi Sunak, the new prime minister of uh, the UK, could be the next boss. Uh, uh, well, he, uh, he has not an easy task on the one hand because he has a, a destroyed economy almost, um, but on the other hand, it's very easy because it cannot be any worse than his <laughs> predecessor. You never know. Um, yeah. He was a Brexiteer, right?
1: So we know his... I,
0: I don't know. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he That's was. Right. Yeah, he okay. was. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
1: I don't yeah. know if he's a, that much in favor of close cooperation. No.
0: Yeah,
2: I wish him the best, but I do know that Truss, uh, who was uh, elected by the same group, uh, by the same uh, party. old men, yeah. yeah uh, basically she went with a mandate up front and uh, her plan was the one that was accepted. And now suddenly the same group of people are supporting another one. So I have my doubts on who's the boss there.
0: Okay, so we still in are in doubt of who is the boss. Marissa, I think she's still betting on the markets and... Uh, that they will be the boss and steering, which I think is well, it's a bit uncomfortable because in the markets there are also people behind and you don't know their motives. Um, uh, I think Yuri is still betting on uh, on central banks,
1: depending on. Um, the and maybe
0: I'm not betting, but hoping that some miracle stuff will happen and that we will all go in a better way. Let's stop betting for this part. Uh, let's go to another bet. The data of the month. <laughs> We did it last week with the spread of Italy, so the, the 10 years interest rate of Italy over the, the German, 10 years. And we said that it would be higher than the 237.5, which it was when we recorded our last podcast last month. And Maritza said lower, Yuri said higher. And today it's 224.6. So we have a winner. It's Maritza. I and I, and I'm score. really
2: longing for to hear what the price is because yeah. it's been degradating each time, Hans. So yeah, we
0: do it now only I'll be a, happy
2: if it's a handshake.
0: Uh, not today because we're, we're doing it over the year. So we end with the last podcast. We still have to look who, what the results of the bet were over the last podcast, but then we end with the winner of the year. Okay. And then you get a price. I don't know yet. So I'm looking to our colleagues um, and we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, next bet. I think there's one figure everybody is watching for and that makes markets move and that's inflation. So if we um, look at Eurozone inflation, which is still very high, 9.9%, a question will be, when will it go down? and i think the consensus is that it will be higher than 9.9 percent and to be honest we only saw upside surprises in inflation figures last uh, months but only one of you can say higher so the other one has to say lower so who will start has to pick first
2: <laughs> okay, uh, so let, let me start and let me start with the reasoning before I give you my bet. I think that energy prices are uh, slowly falling and uh, that will help on the energy side. But uh, food prices, which is also important, I think that those are much more sticky because you have components, uh, for example, uh, cereals are in there and they've been increasing more than 15%, let's say, in the last month. So I would estimate that on the food side, it would be higher. And all in all, I think that uh, because, yeah, it's a basket of goods, I would say it will be slightly higher, Hans.
0: Next it will one. be slightly, yeah. That was what I think. So Yuri, <laughs> yeah. try to find a reasoning why it will be lower. Maybe, no, maybe n- gas prices. Nine point eight percent, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, Yuri says central banks are the boss, so They're,
0: they are. <laughs> the, they are the boss. In time, they are the boss. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. Normally, takes one or two years after That's interest rate true. hike yeah. before yeah. Yeah. inflation comes down.
1: No, but. I think it will be tricky indeed, um, because um, even though energy prices are lower at the moment, they are still feeding their way through the system. So it, it will be difficult to already see lower inflation at the moment. But we could be surprised by slightly lower inflation. Um, maybe some um, marginal base effects will come into play, because we do know that uh, uh, energy prices were already rising a year ago, and inflation yeah. is in year-on-year yeah change. So...
0: Also, I think supply chain disruptions, et cetera, are over there are even a lot of, um, stores are full yeah. uh, too much stuff that's a general problem that we have too much stuff but, true yeah, uh, that yeah. means that we can have inflation, disinflationary pressure so t- I want to help you so, <laughs> yeah
1: that's that's great yeah that was one of the news articles of course in uh, Financieel Dagblad today right yeah. so yeah. lots of inventory so maybe they have to sell them at the discount so maybe that will be uh, it
0: will be a cheap Santa Claus disinflationary yeah <laughs>
1: <It's> <laughs> So
0: who knows yeah. okay so we have a bet Maritza says, hi, uh, Yuri. I, I, I sympathize with Yuri because I think it will not be... And Yuri also thinks it will be higher. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> You never know. I, I
2: can I can always share my
0: price. Don't <laughs> worry, guys. Okay, then we have to give a price. Okay, thanks. What does all this mean? I think we agree that the economy is still in turbulent waters, that... It will be important, I think, what we discussed. Who will be the boss? Will it be? And the, the main players are, of course, central banks, fiscal policies, markets. What will they do? But it is a reflection of what happens in the economy. Also, some autocratic leaders, of course, put in the war in Ukraine. How that will evolve. Also, China, I think that's also different When after uh, the Congress last week. So, again, we don't know exactly. So, there's only one reason to listen again next month. Then we have an update about the economy. So, thanks for listening this time. And don't forget to tune in next time. Thanks, Yuri. Thanks, Maritza, for this time. Um, and for you listeners, subscribe to our channel, Inside Impact Investing, and let us know what you think. Thanks.